Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here's a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. I want to share from you just some things that I was studying two weeks ago from Luke chapter 1 and 2 about the angel visiting Mary, prophesying a promise. That's what he did. The angel prophesied a promise of destiny to Mary. And, I, and even like Sheree says, we're not trying to be like Mary. We're not trying to be like David or Joseph or, or Gideon or any of these other people. But we can take information that we're seeing in Scripture and let it speak to us. Let it speak to us. So in Luke chapter 1, what happens here is the angel visits Mary to prophesy a promise. He explains to her that she's going to carry the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world in her womb, even though she was still a virgin. Starting at Luke uh, chapter one, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. If you look just at this last phrase, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. What God's doing through the angel here is establishing Mary's identity. He's giving her a prophetic word, but he's also building substance into her life through giving her identity, saying, you are a highly favored individual. And because of that, the Lord is with you. I want you to know you don't have to pre-qualify for a prophetic word. You're not like filling out all the applications and if you get it right and if the stars align and you've had your last 10 days have been the best of your life, then when you open up the Bible, you know, the light's gonna shine down and he's gonna speak to you. No, these are through the normal frustrations and hurts and victories and tension of life. Mary's just going about her life and the angel just shows up. I think sometimes, again, we try to earn these things from the Lord and we think like we have to go through a pre-qualification process. No, the Lord's going to find you exactly where, he, where you are. And he's going to begin to speak over you. And it's your opportunity and your privilege to do what you want with it, to either receive it or to reject it. Look at Gideon. If you remember the story in Gideon's life, he was the weakest person of the weakest clan. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. The wheat is supposed to be threshed on the top of a hill. So you thresh it and all, all of the, um, help me. Thank you. Wow. All the chaff blows away and then the wheat's left over. Well, he's afraid of being attacked, so he's in a wine press, like in a cellar somewhere. And God shows up and says, you scared little boy. No, no, no. He shows up and he says, you are a mighty warrior. You know what happens at that moment in your life? Sometimes you're reading something, you're like, wow, this is like about me. I can apply this to my life. Or if the Lord says something in prayer, if somebody, has this ever happened to you? The Lord, the Lord will send somebody to come and encourage you and say something that you don't even believe about yourself. It's like, well, that's just like, that's too good. Sometimes it almost frustrates you. And the Lord's saying, you are a mighty warrior. He's saying to Mary, you are highly favored. I remember the very, first, the very first ministry I did here at Central, like 15 years ago, it was for a men's prayer breakfast that Carmine Verno used to organize. And I stood up there, I, I was a teacher for five years before going into ministry, and Sharice was a teacher as well. And I knew I was called to ministry, but like I didn't have any formal training. I did Berean, like many of our uh, staff pastors have, like Sharice did. 
And I remember standing there saying, like, I feel completely unqualified, unprepared. I have no clue what the Lord, I, I go from teaching fifth graders to being in charge of all adult ministries, like, overnight, here we go. And Murph Pullen, on a napkin from that prayer breakfast, said, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. It is one of my favorite statements that has carried me through a lot of seasons in life. Carolyn, are you here today? Carolyn is back there. Murph, just a mighty man of God himself. I'm telling you, that statement alone, again, we don't have to pre-qualify to be used by God, to be called by God, for God to speak in our life. Jill, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not mention your father today. We prayed for people. Jill's father passed away. We were just with them. Uh, I think it was yesterday or two, yesterday. So Jill's father passed away. A great man of God as well. Please keep uh, Jill Miles, the minor family in your prayer. Sorry, just connected with you. I apologize about that. Um, so you have, to, you have to be able to receive from the Lord and then not, not even qualify yourself. Well, I don't feel right about this. Well, this is too big for me. Well, this isn't even who I am. Listen, who are you gonna believe? Yourself or God? So if he's speaking to other people to speak to you, or if he's speaking by his spirit to you, or he's speaking through his word to you, we should start believing him over your own filter of who you think you are. Verse 31 of Luke chapter one. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That's a light word. Like we read through this, right? We see the Christmas trees up when we're reading the story. This is average Mary, like 13, 14 years old. Angel shows up. That's a big enough deal. You're highly favored. The Lord's with you. That's a big deal. Oh, by the way, you're going to carry the most high God. You're going to carry the one that his kingdom will never end. It is at this point that Mary has to begin to either accept or reject the seed. Like literally the seed in her heart and then a seed in her womb. There's a time where you're going to see things in scripture and you're going to close your Bible and you're either going to say, that's not for me. I'll never qualify. You'll, you'll, you see Peter walking around and you, uh, uh, people bringing people out to the streets so Peter's uh, shadow can touch and they're gonna be healed and Paul touching his cloth and sending it to the sick and they're healed. And you read these things and you might think like, is this stuff possible? Well, probably not for me. And you close your book and you've just rejected a seed that could have been planted in your heart. Or somebody comes up to you and, you, and they encourage you. They say, no, 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 that's just God. That's just God. No, it's God through you, working through you. What you're doing is you're rejecting encouragement. You're rejecting a seed that can be planted in your heart. And especially a prophetic word. I'm not saying you should accept every prophetic word that's spoken over the church or your life. You have to sift that out with God. That's what these scriptures are trying to help you do. But there's a responsibility you have to say, I am receiving this as a seed in my heart. Now God has to make it grow. There have been words that I have received in my heart and I'm like super excited about it. And then there have been words I've went back to scripture. I'm like, I don't see it in my life. Lord, is it you? And, and I've respectfully rejected it. I've never rejected the person. You just respectfully reject that specific word. 
So what does Mary do? Does she receive it or reject it? In Luke 1, 34, it says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So what happens here is Mary begins to dialogue with the Lord. She begins to interact with him about this prophetic promise. She's saying, listen, I haven't done what needs to be done to have a baby yet. So how is this going to happen? You might think that that's Mary doubting him. I don't think it at all. I believe he spoke a powerful prophetic word and she immediately begins to dialogue. You know, it's okay to have questions for God. That's not doubt. Like what if you're three questions away from the, the, the biggest amount of faith that you've ever had? You're like, well, if I ask God a question, that means I'm doubting him. No, God, how will this be? How is this gonna happen? God, is this really from you? Is this for me? Start to talk to him. He'll talk back. He'll talk back. It's not doubting God to have dialogue with him. I think he enjoys it. So Mary chooses to not doubt. She chooses to dialogue. And because of that, he begins to speak through her because she received the word. There was, a, there was an opportunity. There, there's a, a, a lifestyle that I want to live, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a follower of Jesus. I just call it naturally supernatural. I'm not gonna get all... Uh, weird and mystical on people out in the public. I just want to operate supernaturally. This past January, I was in a Starbucks uh, and I'm writing my sermon and there were two gentlemen speaking in a different language. And I won't give a lot of the details because I, I didn't ask for permission to, to give the details or names. Um, but they were speaking in a different language and I felt like the Lord gave a word for me. And I'm like sweating. I'm nervous. I don't want to do it. I'm like, I don't know, Lord, I should, I should just do the holy thing and write my sermon. Like, so I go to the bathroom. I'm like hoping that they go away. <laughs> Came back out. I'm sweating. I feel like the Lord's saying about something to do with business and in this person's uh, uh, language. And one day we'll share the details of it. But when I shared it with the two individuals, I said, I really feel like the Lord's going to give you uh, opportunities in business with this and this and this. There were a couple of different details. And I said, I feel like there's gonna be waves of favor in three months, six months, and nine months, okay? At that moment, both of, I, I, in my life, if I've ever seen it, a word rejected that I've given, that was the moment. It was like, <laughs> no, thank you, I have to leave. And boom, they were gone. Lord had a different plan. A lady who worked with one of those gentlemen, I, so what I did after that, I feel like the Lord we just live in a glass house, not because we're in ministry, but I want to be an example. of you. So I, I just posted on Facebook. Hey, I just reached out. The, it's not a win or a loss because they rejected it. I'm just saying I did what I was called to do. They rejected it. Let the Lord deal with it. Somebody that works with the gentleman saw my post, knew he was in a meeting with somebody of that same uh, ethnicity. And when she came back, she says, why are you denying the work of the Lord in your life? Like, boom, they had a really good relationship. He reads this thing, and at that moment, because I've talked to this gentleman several times, at that moment, he receives the word of the Lord. He's like, wait a minute, is this you? Like, how are you gonna work this out? So what we found out is that three months to the week, something significant happened in his business. Three months, or it was like a, a few weeks away from the six-month period, something significant happened in his business. Hadn't talked to him for a very long time. I was texting back and forth just about two weeks ago. He was unable to come to this one service that we had. And he says, I wanna meet with you sometime to tell you something specific that happened at the nine month mark. Now listen, I was like a nervous little boy with sweaty hands, not gonna share. All I was is the delivery man. I wanna live this thing outside the walls of this building. He didn't know I was a pat. I didn't come up and give him my business card. Hi, Reverend Jenkins. I was... <laughs> normal person with an iPad. I don't even know if my Bible was out at that time. 
Would the Lord have done those things in his life if he didn't receive the seed? I don't know. Would he have recognized that it was God if he didn't receive it? I was absolutely not. You are here. Come on. Come up here, Ben. <laughs> I honor you for receiving a seed in your heart. I honor you. And I didn't give private details of your information. <laughs> it's all true. I was, uh, it was actually in November, about exactly a year ago. It was exactly a year ago. It was r right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay. I thought it was in January. And, um, and so uh, it's exactly what happened. Um, Kurt said that things are going to happen to you uh, in three, and I think it was six and nine months. And, and, um, and we actually knew something was going to happen. It was related to business. But we had totally different time frame for what was supposed to happen. And then things happened exactly at the time frame that Kurt said. It was, uh, I don't know, right? two months apart, three months apart, but, but our plan was different. It went by the time that, and, and things were not supposed to happen. At some point, everything was falling apart. What, and, then, and then after what Kurt said, I started coming here, and it was exactly the time when Kurt was talking about faith, and, and that's exactly what I think <laughs> was missing in, in me to make things happen in the, to, the, to the very end. And um, and it did happen, and then and then and then I said, okay, that and it exactly happened. Not only the time-wise, but also the way. I think he said that it will happen with a person who speaks your language, and I speak three languages, and I didn't think about the third one. And it happened. They were with speaking. <laughs> they were speaking in Russian. So when I when I prophesied, I say that in their own dialect, their own language. I'm thinking him with other Russian-speaking people. I actually had to ask what, what they were speaking in. But he also speaks... So, yeah, the, so the situation happened with the person who actually spoke the third language I speak, and which I never thought about this. And, uh, and this is what Kurt said. It's going to happen in a language that you speak different language. And so it, the details were, were so, so... It just fell together. It was just stunning to me how... And then um, and the last thing that kind of sealed that situation is that in, in Kurt's prediction, where you call it, uh, the, the time frame was uh, the nine-month mark was supposed to happen something in the nine months also with a person that's in the language. And um, when I was almost forgot the, the whole situation, you know, first things happened, it was all great, I got out of it. And then boom, in the nine months I got a phone call that like, I, I could not believe that, that solidified the whole, the whole thing. It was uh, the last piece of everything that had to, which I did not even expect. And um, yeah, so it was totally all, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm still totally, uh, cannot even put it together in my head, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, and then, and that, you know, again, and, and to me, because the way Kurt presented this and everything, um, I mean, I have to tell you that the next day, uh, or maybe within the next week, uh, I went and bought my first Bible and started reading, and uh, I'm still there. <laughs> Thank you so much.
So if you could probably tell by the look on my face, I did not know Ben was here today. <laughs> which, which you can gauge my exaggeration meter then, if I was tell, telling the truth or not. I was nervous that day. So now that you've heard a portion of his story, again, would the Lord have done those things in three, six, nine months? Because the Lord knew all was going to happen. We don't know the answer to that, quite possibly. But he decided through consideration in his own heart to receive a word that was from the Lord, it's not from me, but if I wouldn't have spoken it, what if he had the opportunity to receive it? So your role in giving a word and your, word in, in your role in receiving and stewarding that is so important. Don't pass up those sweaty palm moments. So would it still have happened? Probably. He's a great businessman, honest businessman with integrity. But would he have seen like, God, 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 at these three moments? I don't think. That's awesome, Ben. Thank you for being here today, man. It's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mary says, so listen, so dialogue with the Lord. How's this going to be? Start asking questions. He'll share with you. So then the Lord says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Then he says, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And then she, he goes on to talk even about her cousin Elizabeth. He does not give details here. He doesn't say you're going to have to travel for a census and dot, 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 dot. What does he tell her? She says, how's this going to happen? And he says, it's going to happen supernaturally. That's basically it in a summary. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. I actually, when I was praying and looking at it, I believe that this qualifies for every single time. You open up scripture and you see a promise. You feel called by the Holy Spirit to do something specific or a prophetic word flows. I believe that qualifies you for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, period. So when you're asking the Lord and he's giving you answers, but he's not giving you details, don't expect the details because then you'll trust the details instead of a supernatural God to accomplish it his way. So he's saying, this is how it's gonna happen. Holy Spirit. Now she has a chance to receive that or reject that, right? So then it goes on in verse 37. The angel says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. I believe that prophetic words are words from God. I believe that obviously the Holy Spirit speaking are words from God and the scripture are words from God. Other translations say nothing will be impossible with God. The, the, that phrase here, we're doing a study through Luke with our pastors and spouses right now. That phrase has been like bothering me in the best of ways where if you, if you were gonna pray for the sick or witness out in public, do whatever, the, the fact remains the same. Nothing will be impossible for God. So you have to ask yourself, like, what dreams are in your heart? What purposes do you feel like the Lord's given you? What calling do you feel like you have in life? What prophetic words are over your life? What's God saying through his word? Any point in time where you get to this space in your heart or in your mind of saying, I don't think this is gonna happen, then go back to this one verse, Luke 1, verse 37. Nothing will be impossible with God. And what does Mary follow up with? I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. You know what she did? She put her yes on the table. She didn't have any of the details other than, hey, you're gonna be the mother of the most high God, okay? 
and it's gonna happen supernaturally and you're favored. And what she does, she doesn't say, okay, now I have to earn myself, my prove myself to you or earn this. She says, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Now, everything that you've said, let it be fulfilled. This is how you pray words back to God. You look at something in scripture, somebody prophesies over, and you're saying, okay, I'm receiving this as possibly from you right now. I'm not rejecting it. Lord, how's this gonna happen? Supernaturally. Okay, so Father, from this point, if this is from you, and I'm believing it is, may everything that you've said about me come true. May this prophetic word come true. There's prophetic words over my life that I'm frustrated about because they haven't come true yet. So Lord, show me maybe in an area I'm trying to earn it, right? I'm trying to do things for it. There are other areas that might take decades to develop, but may everything in your perfect timing come true if this word's from you. It's an accepting of it, letting it come down into the soil of your heart. Verse 39, so Mary gets ready. She hurries down into the town where, uh, and enters Zechariah's home. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, Jesus and John the Baptist, cousins. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist, leaps in Elizabeth's womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is, this is, a, great, uh, this is a great barometer of who is also uh, following the dreams that God's given them is how they react to a dream that's in your heart. If they're not pursuing God and they're not in the word and they're not praying and they don't have any dreams in their life, like they don't have a purpose in life, they're just running around endlessly and you give them a precise word, the Lord's speaking this over my life. I really feel like I'm gonna do this. God's called me to do, travel the country. God's called me to do this. God's called me to do this. I, I feel this purpose in me. And they start to reject it. They question it. They rationalize it. Well, you don't have enough money. You don't have enough time. What are you gonna do when your boss says this and this and this? They're probably getting jealous of you at that moment. Your dream is like blasting past their comfort zone. So what you wanna do is hang out with dreamers. You wanna hang out with other people who have purpose in their life, who have destiny in their life. Hang out with other people who are pursuing God that when they hear something, it doesn't like make them offended or uncomfortable. They're like, I see that in your life. Let me pray for you about that. Let me encourage you about that. That can actually be like a cheerleader in your life. Elizabeth was a cheerleader for Mary and vice versa, I believe. So fast forward, we'll save this for Christmas time. Jesus is born. The angels show up to the shepherds and the shepherds go into town. They meet Jesus and then they go running everywhere. You know what they're doing? They are blasting forth that the Messiah is born. Jesus is born. They're so excited. They're pumped up. Everybody's astonished that they're hearing it. And Mary, the one who the prophetic promise was spoken to in the first place, did not do that. It's interesting. These shepherds received the benefit of the promise a promise that wasn't given to them, but they received the benefit of it and they were excited. So they're celebrating and jumping up and down. But the one who was given that prophetic promise, like the moment Jesus was born, her promise was also birthed, but her promise was not fulfilled for another 33 years. So she sees my promise is birthed and I'm not gonna start shouting about it yet. I'm seeing it. I'm cherishing this moment. I'm treasuring this moment. So in verse uh, 45, no, in Luke chapter two, verse 19, it says, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She knew that it was not her time to make the clarion call. She knew, she, and she wasn't mad, at, she wasn't mad at, the, at the shepherds. Go have fun and joy that he's born. 
I'm gonna treasure this thing because it has not come to full uh, term yet. It has not come to be fulfilled yet in her life. So she ponders this thing. She ponders this, this promise. Mary continues to move forward with her life. Now these things, are not, these things are not written in scripture, but I feel like the Lord was just showing at least me as a believer of how do I ponder them? So I just looked at, this is just an assumption because Jesus grew up to kind of be perfect. So he, she was probably a good mom too. I feel like the Lord is saying this. Mary continued to mother Jesus all those years. So she mothered and cared for her promise. She nurtured her promise. She allowed her promise to grow in her presence. She fed her promise. She sheltered her promise. She gave her promise safety and she gave her promise a place to gain wisdom and favor. She did not force her promise to become something it was not supposed to become until it was time for Jesus's glory to be revealed. We look at him as Jesus. For, from Mary's perspective, it was a prophetic promise coming to maturity. So we can do all of these things. We can feed our promise. We can care for our promise. We can nurture our promise. We can live in such a way that we don't distort or pervert or waste the calling that's upon our lives. And we can continue to live our life and move forward while doing all these things that Mary would have done. So in John chapter two, if you're in Luke, you can flip over there if you want to. In John chapter two, this is now 30 years of pondering. They're at a wedding and they're out of wine. And Mary says, do whatever that man tells you to do. She's like, enough is enough, God. I've pondered this thing for 30 years. It's time. Not to get drunk on wine. It's time for the glory of Jesus to be revealed. Jesus says, woman, it's not my time. And when she, let me follow it out here. So it says, my hour has not yet come. I'm sorry, to go back, it says here, Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. Uh, when, G, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. So she goes to him, like he, he's not a wine seller. But they go, she goes to him and says, there's no more wine. And then he says, women, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. It's almost like she ignores it. She turns to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. What I feel like she was doing at that moment, she was activating her faith through a declaration. And you know what? Jesus saying, my time isn't come. What does he do? He obeys that. And I'm not saying God obeys us. Don't get the theology wrong behind this. God responds to a declaration of faith. So you ponder the promise, you ponder the promise, you learn from his word, you fast, you pray, you hang out with other people who are going to encourage you. And when you feel that that thing is bubbling up, there will have to be a day where you go to your mom, youth, and your dad, youth, and say, I feel like I'm called to ministry. And you'll see something spark in your heart. Adults, there'll be a day where you have to go to your husband or go to your wife and say, I feel like I'm supposed to go on this business trip. I feel like I'm supposed to shift my vocation and become a teacher even though I've been in the business realm. Whatever that entails, there's a day that the confession of your faith will be made after that promise has come to full maturity and you will see it begin to be fulfilled. It's in God's timing, but you can sense that. Throughout these 30 years, I guarantee you, like Sharice mentioned to it, her promise was tested, right? The first time she heard rumors about her son, the times that she saw them almost try to throw him off of a cliff, 
the times they heard the Pharisees talking about how they were gonna kill her son, being at the foot of the cross, the word was tested over and over again. David's life, I think it was like 15 years from the moment he was, uh, he was anointed king. What has he had to go through? God still had more animals for him to kill. He had more songs to write. He still had a giant to kill. He still had more battles to fight. And then the promise was fulfilled and he became king. So we look at process and we think microwave Christianity. You spoke it to me two weeks ago. Why isn't it here yet? I don't think there are any microwaves in heaven. There's a process. Listen, the more valuable an item is, the more it has to be tested. I don't think we, we get that. We think it just goes through a process. No, if there's, if there's gold or a diamond, it's something of great value. It's going to be tested by the experts. They're gonna look for it to make sure it surely is flawless. Is there seriously nothing wrong with it? You're gonna look at it and test it and evaluate it, put it under pressure, put it under tension until they say, this is a valuable diamond. This is a valuable piece of whatever. So the higher the calling, the greater the intensity that you're called into whatever you are in life, it will be tested to that measure. And it's from God. It's to refine you and prepare you and empower you. So you actually feel like I am called and he's the one that's equipped me. It wasn't my resume, it wasn't my experience. It was God who equipped me. It was him who's prepared me. So maybe you have a calling upon your life. Maybe the next season's gonna look different but you still have a bear to kill. You still have a giant to throw a rock at. You still have some Psalms to write. Whatever that looks like in your life. Look at Joseph, he has a couple dreams. His brothers throw him in a pit, pull him back out, sell him to slavery, gets put in prison and gets forgotten there. And the entire, his entire life is one act of favor from God after another, after another, after another, and he never gave up. So the moment he's now in charge of Egypt basically, he has the wisdom of God of how to interact with people, how to interact with his brothers. He has wisdom of how to, how, how to uh, allocate um, the, the different food sources because it was during a famine. The moment that his brothers are there and these dreams rush back in, he's like, this is the fulfillment. This is the fulfillment. I guarantee you the day that, Jesus, that Mary saw Jesus' resurrected body in that empty tomb, she's like, my promise has come to fulfillment. So I believe that many Christians, many followers of Jesus, when that pressure comes, when a time of difficulty comes, you know what we say? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the tension. It's not worth the pressure. It's not worth the testing. And we walk away from that word. I believe that happens in our life. And you know what? If you're saying the statement, it's just not worth it, then the promise is still about you and not about the people that are gonna benefit from it, right? If you hear it coming out of your mouth, I just don't deserve this. No, you don't deserve the good stuff that the Lord's given you. You do deserve the testing because he wants you refined before you walk in it. But again, if you're saying, I just don't deserve this type of treatment from this or this or this or this, then it's still about you. So God does, he wants you to know that he loves you, he accepts you, you're completely forgiven, you're friends with God. Jesus is your elder brother. You, complete, you can stand completely before him, forgiven, all your sins wiped away, at peace with God and be embraced. Those things are all true. The calling and the anointing and the giftings on your life are not for your benefit. They're for the benefit of other people, either people within the body of Christ 
or the lost or both. So if you're sensing that you're calling, just think this tension, the pressure, the testing, all these things are so you can be refined. You can be a warrior, that mighty warrior that Gideon was ready to be released into battle. I could say it's worth it. It's worth the uncomfortability. It's worth either the extra late nights or the early mornings. It's worth some of the perceived stress that comes upon you. It's worth it because he's going to equip who he called. Why don't we stand, please? This is how I just want to end our time in prayer. I want the individuals who stood uh, two weeks ago where they sensed the calling. And again, you have to hear me. Sharice and I and our pastoral team, we believe every single believer is called to something divine. So don't take what I'm about to say as now I'm exalting this. I just feel it in my heart because Sharice shared, we're talking about some things today. So when I, when I spoke just two weeks ago about if you felt called to ministry, meaning uh, pastoral ministry, evangelical ministry, ministry where it will be like your vocation sometime. You'll, you'll receive your sourcing, your substance from ministry at some point in your life. If you know that you're called to that, or if you're, if you're even just struggling with it and you're like, Lord, I'm just looking for direction. I'm looking for some type of, of guidance in this. I want you just to make your way down and just spread across uh, the, the, the altar here today. Even if you feel like, um, I know some individuals even in the room here are even in it, some itinerant ministry. If you're already in that, I just want you to come down. We've, we've asked our altar team to be in prayer and fasting this week uh, to partner with you. So I just want to come down. We're going to spend a few moments as a church family, just spread out. In fact, if you can leave a little bit of space in between you guys, because we're gonna have altar workers come in front of you in just a moment. So spread out and then leave a little bit of space. Look at this, this is like amazing. If I can be honest, a little bit overwhelming. <clears throat> so there are some people I could say up here that are, act, that are, are active in ministry right now that are that would, would travel if they were called upon it. There are some people that, uh, that are seeking to get back into ministry. And there are obviously our youth over here that are saying, whatever you want, young adults, whatever you want. I love that because calling has no age on it, right? We celebrate Elaine Anderson going to Asia. Like, I, know she, I think she started her missions work at 65 years old, ended it 12 years later or something like that. It's amazing to me. So what we're gonna do church body you might not know who, who a lot of these people are up here, but what you're going to do is actually just pray for them. Let's take like a minute and just pray for them. Then I'm going to ask the altar workers to just come in between them. And we're just going to spend time. We, you can be released as you feel led to be released once the altar workers come forward. But I want to spend some time with them. We believe the Lord's going to just move prophetically in their life to encourage them, build them up. If direction is needed, then I feel like the Lord's going to do it. So let's just spend, you guys, just take a moment just to ask the Lord to bless them. You guys just close yourself off for the Lord if you came. Just ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Let's spend this time with you. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out at centralconnect.org.